Our scripture reading today is found in Acts chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. Let us hear the word of the Lord. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, on this Sunday following Easter, most years we, we hear from John's Gospel, chapter 20, when it was evening on the first day, and the, and the doors of the house were locked, the house where the disciples had met. They were locked out of fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among those present and said, Peace be with you. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It's the story of Thomas and the disciples. Now remember how Thomas was absent that first time Jesus presented his resurrected self to them. And so he had to come back for a second visit to convince Thomas he was real. Well, I'm not going to tell you that story again this year. I only brought it up because I wanted you to hear that, that opening line. The doors of the house were locked for fear of the Jews. Fear was their emotion. Fear was motivating their actions in these days following Jesus' death. <clears throat> Peter and, <clears throat> and most likely John had, had been to the empty tomb. They saw that it was empty they remained frightened by what the Jewish authorities might do to them. But they changed. We all change. We evolve. We, tra we are transformed by those things that happen to us and around us. The things that we witness. The story that I want us to hear this year is the Acts of the Apostles. It really is an amazing story. If you haven't read the book of Acts, now would be a great time to do that. Take, take a bit of time and just revisit that book if you've read it and not, not been there for a while. Wouldn't be hard to read through it all. It's what, 28 chapters? You can be through that by Memorial Day. It'll be worth it. It's worth it just to see how Peter and the rest confront the world around them in response to the Holy Spirit and what God has laid before them. As the book of Acts opens, <clears throat> we don't see that same band of disciples hiding out of fear, just the opposite, really. We see a determined group of apostles who have been somehow changed. They no longer question their mission. 
They're not the uncertain disciples that we, we came to know that often got it wrong while Jesus was among them. Oh, these, these men have become leaders. They've become the founders, really, of, of the early church. That's what's happening here. The early church is beginning to form. Peter and John play an instrumental role in, in what happens next. And so, how did their transformation take place? You know, when, when we witness something so moving, so incredible, maybe so terrifying, we come away from it changed. And I think that's partly what has happened to this group of, of Jesus' followers. But what's changed them mostly was that last instruction from Jesus, the one where he told them they would receive power by the Holy Spirit and they would be Jesus' witnesses in, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in fact to the ends of the earth. They took that to heart. They believed what Jesus told them, so they returned to the city of David, Jerusalem. And there they began teaching. They taught, they taught the people about Jesus. And they healed in his name. Peter and John healed a man outside the temple who hadn't walked for his entire life. And as he was being carried by, Peter approached him and said, I have nothing to give you, no alms, nothing of value except these words. And, and he said to the man, stand, stand up and walk. And that's what the man did. Never having walked before, stood up and walked into the temple. His legs were strong, his ankles supported him. And he did not falter. When you witness a miracle, you are changed by it. And so on this occasion, the people saw Peter and this man. They witnessed the miracle that happened there. And so the people began paying close attention to these apostles. Peter and John were teaching. The gospel says nearly 5,000. And they were teaching these 5,000 the resurrection of the body. Jesus' resurrection. And you know, that upset the priests and the elders. And so what happened? They sent for the temple police who arrested Peter and John and put them into custody until the next day. Now these priests and elders really had a big problem. <clears throat> they admitted that since the people had seen this sign of healing, this miracle done in Jesus' name, they couldn't deny it. They couldn't just say that it never happened. Too many had been witness to it. But they thought to keep the word from spreading any further, they, 
they would order Peter and John to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Well, they might have been hopeful, but that didn't go over too well. The two apostles said, we cannot keep from telling what we've seen and done, but there was nothing the authorities could do because of all the people. So they had no choice. They let the two go, and you can imagine what happened afterward. The apostles went right back to teaching and speaking, but this time with a renewed vigor, a new presence. They were emboldened not by the fact that they had beaten the rap, so to speak, but because they had the Holy Spirit in them. The movement grew. And as John says, many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles. People held them in high esteem and more and more believers were added to the Lord. People began bringing the sick and the tormented from the towns surrounding Jerusalem and the regions nearby. They, they brought them all, they carried them so that maybe Maybe just the shadow of Peter falling upon them would heal them. Well, this was all just simply too much for the authorities to ignore. The high priest there in Jerusalem took action along with the council, the, the Sadducees. They arrested the apostles and put them into the public prison and this is where the story gets really interesting. During the night, an angel of the Lord came and opened the gates and told them to go and stand in the temple and to tell everyone the whole message of this life. And so that's what the apostles did. And at daybreak, they began their teaching once again. When the priests arrived at the temple in the morning to find these men, they were, they were angered. They were confused but suspicious about what may be happening here. And so they sent the guards to check the prison cells. And they reported that the, cells door, the cell doors were locked, but in fact, the cells were empty. And so, being somewhat smarter than they looked, the priests ordered that these, these apostles be arrested and returned to the prison where they confronted them. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you are determined to bring this man's blood upon us. You see, the problem they had was was fear of the Roman Empire. They feared that if the empire felt the slightest bit of disruption in the order of government, the authority that they held over the Jews, that, well, religious freedoms would disappear. But the problem the Sanhedrin faced in this situation was that they really had no power over these apostles. They could not silence them. They could not control what they said nor 
nor really should they. We would call that today freedom of speech, right? But times were a little different in the first century. So all the Sanhedrin could really do was to have these men flogged and then order them once again to not teach, to stop this teaching. But you know, I think that they, they felt, the priests and the elders knew in their heart that, well, their attempts at stopping the apostles of Jesus were futile. The book of Acts even confirms the futility of it all in the words of one of the Jewish elders, a member of the Sanhedrin, Gamaliel, a Pharisee. He says to his colleagues, look, there have been others. Others have tried, Theodos, Judas of of, uh, the Galilean. They tried, they rose up, people followed them for a while but it didn't last. In fact, those two didn't last. They were killed, and after they, they died, the, the people scattered. So don't get too excited about this Jesus. He's gone now, too, and his followers will soon disappear. And then he says, besides, if this thing is truly of God, there isn't in it anything we can do about it anyway. Well, Gamaliel was a bit off base with that first point, but he made a good second point. When you are witnesses to something grand, you cannot hold it in. When you are so moved by what it is you've witnessed, no one can stop you from sharing. Think of Peter and John and the rest of the apostles They've witnessed the single most defining moment of God's love for the world. An act of of grace and mercy so huge that they can scarcely comprehend it. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, they've been transformed. They've been changed by what they've witnessed. Their lives are now a living sacrifice for God's love and power of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. You know, the the world went on after Jesus' crucifixion. Many considered it just the day's news. They didn't take to heart the real meaning. They didn't read between the lines because they didn't witness it for themselves and and so they remain unchanged. It's true yet today. Many consider religion as though it were some type of hobby. They never witness the miracles because they have no reason to believe. They're too busy living for now. Unless you trust the grace that God placed in you at birth, then you have no faith. If you have no faith in God or in Jesus, then you have no reason to pay attention to the miracles around you. And you tend to ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? 
This is really the amazing thing. That Holy Spirit has a way of getting through your hardened heart. And once there's the slightest little crack, it all of a sudden gets hold of you and works on you. And soon you just have to share that with someone, with everyone. That's what these disciples turned apostles were experiencing. And no one, not the Romans, not the Jews, the priests, or the Sanhedrin could stop them. Because what they had was of God by way of the Holy Spirit. Now this, this season of Easter that we're in will be in for the next five weeks. It's our, it's our hope, our, our mission, if you will, that we should grab hold of of what Jesus offered to the disciples turned apostles and not hold it in, to let it go, to let it spread like wildfire among the people, the people who, who may question or doubt but still have that little bit of faith that was given to them at birth, that little bit of grace, you know, the song says it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And so my prayer on this second Sunday of Easter is I hope and pray that, that all of us have the same amount of Holy Spirit enthusiasm for what God has done in Jesus Christ. Even after 2,000 years, we have a lot to witness to. If Gamaliel got one thing right, it is that no one can stop it. Let us pray. Oh God, dismiss us with your blessing into a world that awaits our witness. Fill us with the same determination of Peter that, that we might share Jesus' resurrection with the world because we know it's true. Let us not fear ridicule and rejection, but give us courage to stand in the face of unbelief. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.